morning. Good to see the good number that we have here this morning. Genesis, the 19th chapter. If you want to turn there, I'll make a couple of comments before we get started this morning. Um, stay open there. It's so used to going to 2 Kings, the 17th chapter, or somewhere along in there, it just kind of automatically goes, goes, automatically goes there. Um, if you're visiting with us this morning, we're glad that you are here. And if you have an opportunity to come back, we certainly hope that you will. If you have any questions, feel free to ask. We're just here to help people try to uh, have a right relationship with the Lord. And that's what we strive to do also. Uh, Edwin and Haley, congratulations. Child number four. Now in Genesis it says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. You know you don't have to do that all by yourself, right? <laughs> There's others that will have to Congratulations. That's, that's a blessing. Let me pull up the title of... Uh, Remember Lot's not a wife from Genesis, the 19th chapter. We look at 12, verses 12 through 26 uh, and, and the rest of that chapter really in just a moment. The lesson really has to do with life is a series of choices and spiritual growth comes through making the right kinds of choices and then right choices bring that spiritual growth and wrong choices lead in the wrong direction. Uh, Point number one is going to be the story of Lot's wife, but we'll uh, follow that up with the background to that story and then we'll talk about Lot and the road that he chose to travel and then we'll make some points from uh, the lesson from what's contained there in Genesis, the 19th chapter. Let me say this as we get ready to get into this section of Scripture this morning. You made a choice already today. You made a choice to be here. Good choice. Now, for a lot of folks, that may just kind of been natural. You didn't have to really stop and think about it much. You just got up, got ready, and you knew on the first day of the week you were going to Assemble with other Christians, you were going to worship the Lord. But there may have been a time in your life, just like there was in mine, maybe that wasn't the first thought on your mind. (laughs) Maybe it wasn't the second thought or third. But there came a time when you started making that choice. And at first, it might have been just a little challenging to make that choice. But as you continued to make that choice, it became more natural. It became a part of your life. That's how spiritual growth works. But it's not just in deciding to come and assemble on the first day of the week. It's that principle that Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 6 and verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you. It's taking that principle and applying it in all areas of your life. So I just mentioned us coming to assemble on the first day of the week. That's kind of one of those first and fundamental things that as a person who is a child of God, they do that. It's like, and I'm going to go worship and assemble on the first day of the week. And then from there, you start to grow. And that's the road that you choose to travel. And as you do that, you make progress. You make spiritual growth. Now, in Genesis, the 19th chapter, we have the story of Lot's wife, which Mark read to us just a few moments ago from verses 12 through 26. And the part that he read there in that particular context is when there's going to be the destruction of this city. 
It's where Lot and his family are dwelling at that particular time. And they come, the messengers come, and they tell them that you need to escape. Because they are going to destroy that city. And the reason why they're going to destroy that city is because of the wickedness of that city. And so Lot, a little bit hesitant. Family, a little hesitant. And they are urged to leave. Finally, they do that. And they set out. Fleeing from that destruction. And then we get to verse 26 and it says, And Lot's wife, <clears throat> excuse me, Lot's wife looked back from behind him, and she was turned into a pillar of salt. Kind of a striking story, isn't it? But there's a lot of good, valuable lessons that are taught there for us in that particular context. But sometimes I think we kind of miss them because of the odd form that it comes to us in. Here's this woman. She's traveling away from her home. She gets to a certain place. She turns around. She looks back. All of a sudden, she's turned into a pillar of salt. Now, sometimes, I think, a person who's not a Christian or a person who hasn't studied the Scriptures much, and maybe they just come on to this story and they read that, and they might think, wow. That's kind of strange. <laughs> or that's kind of harsh. She just stopped <laughs> and looked back and God turns her into a pillar of salt. What's that all about? And then now a person who is a Christian, maybe a little more critical, a little more judgmental, <laughs> might look at that and might say, well, the messengers came, they warned them, told them to flee, and whenever you're fleeing, don't even so much as look back. She turned around, looked back there. You got what you deserved. <laughs> End of story. Well, I think there's maybe just a little bit more to it than that. But that's kind of the story about Lot's wife and she's mentioned there not by name <laughs> just she's Lot's wife and this is what she does and this is what happens to her so now let's take a little bit of the, a look at the background to this story and we kind of start to watch it unfold so back in Genesis the 12th cha chapter Abraham had been called. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4, or 1 through 5. Genesis chapter 12, 1 through 5. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country and from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham departed as Lord as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Then Abram took Sarai, his wife, and Lot, his brother's son, and all their possessions that they had gathered, and the people whom they had acquired in Haran, and they departed to go to the land of Canaan, so they came to the land of Canaan. So that's kind of the beginning, the background of that story. 
God has called Abraham. I'm going to make of you a great nation. I'm going to give you a land. And through your seed, I'm going to bless all the nations of the earth. But then there are those who go with him. And Lot is mentioned in that group that is traveling with Abraham as they head towards Canaan. And they go there. Now for those who have studied Genesis some. God calls Abraham. He's older. It says he was 75 there. And they don't have any children. And God blesses them, or God tells them he's going to bless them with children, but there's a number of years there where nothing comes of that. But there's something else that's going on. Abraham and Lot as they are on this journey, are actually prospering. And they prosper to the point because when they go out, they take other people with them, they take their herds and their flocks with them, and they're traveling towards Canaan. And God is blessing them. And the herds and the flocks are growing. In fact, they grow to such an extent that pretty soon they can't travel together anymore. And so Abraham is the older one. He's the one that's actually been called. (laughs) But he says to Lot, the land can no, essentially, the land can no longer sustain us together. We can't travel together. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to separate. Genesis chapter 13, and beginning at about verse 8. So Abram said to Lot, Please let there be no strife between you and me, between my herdsmen and your herdsmen, for we are brethren. Is not the whole land before you? Please separate from me. If you take the left, then I will go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. And Lot lifted his eyes, And he saw all the plain of the Jordan and that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as you go towards Zor. Notice what it says there. You know, Abraham's the older. He's the one that's actually been called. God's going to take him to that land. Lot's kind of long for the ride, so to speak. He's enjoying the blessings of traveling with Abram. But yet at this particular time, it's Abram that says to the younger Lot, you choose. You want to go left? Go left. I'll go right. You go right? I'll go left. We just can't stay together. And so you choose. Which way you want to go. So it says Lot looks out. Upon the plain of the Jordan. And he says it's well watered. And it looks like the garden of the Lord. Before. God destroyed. Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot is there. And he has to decide, 
Which way am I going to go? You know, and I'm kind of a picture kind of guy. <laughs> and as I read, I oftentimes try to imagine in my mind what this was like. We have a little bit of advantage being here and having windows. Because if you walk right out there, it's kind of a nice view in that direction, isn't it? <laughs> and we sit on a little bit of an elevated position. And you can look out what's below and over towards the hills on the other side. And I think Lot must have had some kind of vantage point like that where he could stand up. It's kind of like that lookout. And he could see all that laid out there before him. And he's been given the opportunity to choose. Now you think about Lot. He's got a family that's going with him. He's got herds. He's got flocks. And there's grass. Grass. You know what herds and flocks eat? <laughs> there's grass out there. And there's water out there. And there's Sodom and Gomorrah out there. And Abraham said, you choose. You choose which way you're going to go. So Lot looks it over. Looking in every direction. And he's going to make a choice. What's going to be the direction of my life? And so as he looks in one way, I can only imagine kind of modern day sensitivities that we have. <laughs> Trying to translate from that time to now. And you're looking down the road, you're kind of looking towards the future and you see some possibilities and you think, if I go in that direction, I'm going to make a lot of money. Right? I have herds, I have flocks. There's a lot of grass. There's water. What's good? Materially, I go in that direction. It's good. But it mentions Sodom and Gomorrah is there. A number of years ago, I can't remember the young lady's name right now. This took place in New York City. But she was a well-known, up-and-coming model. Beautiful young woman. <coughs> so one evening, she's walking on the sidewalks of New York City, and a couple of guys jump her with the intent of robbing her. One of them has a knife. <coughs> and so in the ensuing robbery, I don't know exactly why, if she fought back or what, one of them takes that knife and he <laughs> runs it across her face. Yeah. So one writer said, when you read this description about the Valley of the Jordan and then you read the fact that those two cities are there, he said it's like an ugly scar on a beautiful face. But that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good description. So there's an opportunity. There's prosperity. If I go in this direction, maybe there's not quite as much opportunity. And it might be a little more challenging. But if I go in this direction, I'm going to make a lot of money. But there's some risk involved. Because those cities 
are there. And those are wicked cities. So Lot stands there and he has to make up his mind. And Genesis 13 and verse 11 says what? That he pitched his tent towards Sodom. He made up his mind that day. This is the way me and my family are going to go. We're going in this direction. So Lot, Lot travels that road that he chooses. And it's interesting as you take a look at Genesis 19. I'll turn over there now. Genesis 19 and verse 1. This is at the beginning of that chapter that we read from, right? Genesis chapter 19. Mark started in verse 12 when they're being told that they should flee. So this is while Lot and his family are dwelling in the city of Sodom. And so, Genesis 13, you've got a choice. Which way do you want to go? He looks out and he decides we're going in that direction. He pitched his tent in that direction. He's made a choice He made a choice that started him traveling down that road. But now, Genesis 19 and verse 1. Now the two angels came to Sodom in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. When Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with with his face toward the ground. What did I just tell you? Genesis 13, he makes a choice. It doesn't say he was moving into Sodom. It says he just pitched his tent in that direction. Genesis 19, he's living there. Isn't that something? I don't know that that was his intent when he started out. But he kept moving in that direction. And then pretty soon... He's living there. You ever known that kind of thing to happen? Has it ever happened to you? (laughs) You make a choice one day. You make a decision. You don't really see the total end of your decision, the full consequences of the decision that you made that day. But have you ever heard somebody say, or maybe you said it yourself, You know, when I started out, this wasn't where I was going. (laughs) Isn't that the way it is? But life is a series of choices. And those choices lead us to a destination. We're not told about all the choices he made in between. But I know the beginning (laughs) and I know the end. Make a choice, Lot. Which way are you going to go? Genesis 19. He's living in the midst. He's sitting in the gate of that wicked city. Now, we don't have time to read the entire thing. But these angels, these messengers from God, they come to this city. They come and Lot sees them and he tells them right away, Come stay in my house. And they go, no, that's okay. We'll just sleep out here in the city square. And he's like, oh, no. 
you do not want to sleep in that square tonight. And as you continue to read, you find out why. Because Lot takes them in. And as night falls, the people of that city, the men of that city come and they beat on that door. And they say, we want to have relations. With them. And Lot says, no, please, don't do this. Ultimately, those messengers, those angels, strike those people blind to keep from happening what could have happened. So Lot lived in that city. He made a choice. And it started him traveling in that direction. And then eventually he's living there. And you have to kind of stop and think. We're not told at all, but we can think. What implication was there about his family? About himself? About his wife? About his daughters? Well, I know this from what we read this morning. When they're telling them that they need to flee and they ask him, are there any others here? And who was it that he went and started to round up? Well, there's my wife. There's my daughters. And there's son-in-laws. And they think he's joking. And you notice when they leave that city? It's Lot. It's his wife. And it's those daughters. I don't know about them son-in-laws. So you think. What was the impact on that family? Lot made a choice as the head of that family. It started him going in this direction. And then pretty soon, they're living in that city. But then the news comes. God is going to destroy this city. And so he tells Lot, and he tells his family, you need, you need to flee. You know, sometimes, once again, I'm that visual. right? And I think about the days... When Lot traveled with Abraham, imagine. <laughs> what if you got a chance to travel with Abraham for a little while? You know, various places we read in Genesis where Lot or where Abraham would travel to a certain place, and then he would build an altar, and he would offer sacrifice unto God. I wonder if Lot ever stopped. And thought about that. I wonder if he, when he was sitting there in the city of Sodom, and he's looking at what's going on around him, and these messengers come, and Lot says, You need to get my house. You need to spend the night in here. Don't spend the night out there. Lot knew what that city was like, and he saw what was going on around him. And I wonder, did he ever think about those days when he traveled with Abraham? 
I wonder if he ever longed. For the good old days. You know what I'm saying? Boy, it wasn't like this when I was traveling with Abraham. It was peaceful. We worshiped God. I saw him sacrifice. And now, this is where I'm living. I do know this. From Second Peter, the second chapter, about verse 7 and 8. Because Peter writes about Lot. And it says that the people of this city, they vexed his righteous soul from day to day. <laughs> As you look around in the world now, and you see what's going on, does that ever vex your soul? It's like, goodness, what's going on? And so Peter says about Lot, living in that environment, it vexed his righteous soul from day to day. So, but then, then, the messengers come and they tell Lot, you need to escape. I want you to stop and think about that for just a moment. Lot made that choice, didn't he? <laughs> he made that choice. And he started traveling in that direction. And then he ends up moving right in and now he's sitting in the gates and his family's there with him and he sees what all's going on around him. And Peter says this vexed his righteous soul. And I know sometimes I just think to myself, well, why didn't you just get up and leave? <laughs> but the messengers come. And they tell him, you need to leave. You know how gracious that is? God is sending a warning. You need to separate from this. Because you know what I'm getting ready to do? I'm going to rain fire and brimstone. I'm going to destroy this. I'm going to destroy these cities. He's being given a second chance. Isn't that something? He's being given a second chance. He made that choice. He moved there. He sees what's going on. And yet, he's being given a chance. You can start over. You ever think about that? Have you ever been there? <laughs> you ever never known anybody that's been there? Yeah. But because of God's grace, He said, I'm giving you a warning. One of these days, <laughs> this place is going to end. It's going to be destroyed. But I'm giving you a chance. And you can start over. You would think. With a chance like that. On your phone. I send this to people every once in a while. When something good's going on. You remember Snoopy? <laughs> right? Hello. Beagle with those big ears. 
You ever see that little dance he does? <laughs> like happy dance, right? <laughs> Sometimes I send that to people when it's like something's good going on. It's like happy dance. <laughs> you would think at this particular point in time, Lot would be doing the happy dance, right? We're giving a chance. We can start over. Genesis 19 and verse 16. Listen to this. And while he lingered, that's talking about Lot. And while he lingered, the men took hold of his hand, his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, and the Lord being merciful to him, and they brought them out and set them outside the city. You know what that's saying? Lot. <laughs> Come on. He took him by the hand. It says he lingered. He should have been running. <laughs> and they had to practically drag him. Come. I'm telling you, this is your opportunity. And if we had a chance to see Genesis 19 made into a movie, and you're sitting there in the theater on the, in your seat, you'd be up on the edge of Lot! Run! <laughs> and it says he lingered. And sometimes we look at that and we think, man, what is wrong with you? You ever talk to somebody about obeying the gospel, becoming a Christian? Tell them about God's grace, God's love, Jesus dying on the cross for them. Tell them that one day this world is going to end in fire and God's going to come back. But now, now's your chance. I talked to a fellow one time. Eventually he did obey the gospel, so that's the good news. But he told me at one point, he goes, you know, I'm thinking about becoming a Christian someday. <laughs> someday. You know what? I just read here recently and I thought, well, that's a good reminder. <coughs> if you ever read any of uh, Bill Fairchild's blogs, <laughs> he said yesterday... Yesterday is a canceled check. Tomorrow is just a promissory note. You know what you have? <laughs> you have today. That's all you have. You have today. So we look at Lot and we think, yeah, I've been there. <laughs> There's a time I was the same way. Or others. And you want to say, no. <laughs> Tomorrow's gone. Tomorrow may never come. Yesterday's gone. Tomorrow may never come. What you have is today. What you have is today. Verse 17. So it came to pass when they brought them outside that he said, Escape for your life. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains lest you be destroyed. So they hesitate. They put it off. 
And then finally they make that beginning and they're warned. Don't so much as even look back. Verse 24. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord out of, out of the heavens. So he overthrew those cities and all the plain and all the inhabitants of those cities and what grew on the ground. But his wife looked back behind him and she became a pillar of salt. So there they are. They're finally leaving. They get to a certain point and she stops. She turns around. She looks back. They've been warned. Don't look back. She's turned to a pillar of salt. So what's the lesson? Well, number one, sin has its consequences. But you look at that and you think about the tragic end to that. But we shouldn't think it was just arbitrary. I told you. You go, you don't look back. We missed the point, really, if we just stopped there. She had lived in that city for a number of years, hadn't she? You ever lived in a particular house for any length of time? The one we're in now, we've been in for over 30 years. Well, I've moved a few times in my life. I don't think there's ever been a time when we have moved out of a house and after it's all emptied out, what do you do? Go to the front door. Stop. <laughs> you turn around and you look back. Don't you? Yeah. And so you think about Lot's wife. She got to that point, been told, don't look back. But she does look back, and then she's turned into a pillar of salt, and we think, mm, can you blame her? I mean, they lived there for a long time. I know maybe not all the memories are good, but maybe there's some. And yet God turns her into a pillar of salt. Well, what I want to say is this. What this did, it wasn't just punishment for transgression. It's this woman turned into a pillar of salt with her head turned back towards the city. What that really did is that reveals her condition. That's what it does. What did this woman die of? You know what she died of? She died of a divided heart. That's what she died of. You're given a second chance. 
but she doesn't take it wholeheartedly. It says she looked back from behind him. What's that tell you? They've already gotten a hold of their hands, drug them out of the city. We're going to destroy this. And in verse 24, God is raining fire and brimstone. And in verse 26, she stops and looks back. Don't you know God's serious? (laughs) Yeah, He's already destroyed it. And you've been given a second chance. And you're not taking it wholeheartedly? So what this does is this just reveals her condition. Yeah, I ought to go this way. But my heart's still back there. There was on one occasion a young man came to Jesus. And by reading what's stated there in Luke 9 and Matthew 8 also, it seems like with some enthusiasm, he says, Lord, I'll follow you wherever you go. And you would think Jesus would say, good, come on. You know what Jesus says to him? Foxes have holes and birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Let me ask you a question. Do you think Lot could have used that information? (laughs) Lord, I'll follow you. Hang on a minute. Pump the brakes. I just want you to know. Foxes have holes. Birds have nests. Son of man, he's got no place to lay his head. You come follow me? It's a choice. Lot looked at the plain of the Jordan. It's well watered. There's plenty of grass. But... There's these two wicked cities. And when you look out at the world today, are there plenty of opportunities? And maybe opportunities to make a lot of money? But when we make that choice, do we ever take into consideration there might be some dangers also? And that that ought to factor into our decision making? And that's what Jesus was telling this young man. Yes, I want you to come follow me. But I want you to realize also, foxes have holes, birds have nests. They are tied to this world. And so you've got to make up your mind. Are you with me? <laughs> no matter what? Or are you still tied to the world? To Lot's wife. She didn't die in the heights. She didn't die back in the city. She died somewhere in between.
Because what a divided heart will do, it'll rob you. It'll rob you of your strength. You can take somebody that has a whole lot of talent and you think, boy, they can do great things for the Lord. But they're not real dedicated. <laughs> Never accomplished much of anything. But you take somebody that's wholehearted, not maybe not near as much talent, but they do great things for the Lord. Someone said, you can't make much progress going forward if you're constantly looking back. <laughs> Isn't that true? But it also says that indecision can end in disaster. So the tragedy, the real tragedy, was not that she lost her life that day. The tragedy was that in life she had an opportunity to start over. But she didn't take it wholeheartedly. So it wasn't death that froze her and made her look back. What death did, what turning into a pillar of salt did, was just freeze that condition for all future generations to look at. This is what happens. That's why Jesus in Luke 17 tells those of his day, remember. Remember Lot's wife. So that's her, that's her story. Lot made a decision. A decision that impacted him, impacted his family, and impacted his wife. But God was gracious. And they were given a chance. Lot escaped, his daughters escaped. His wife didn't. But she had a right to make a choice. Which way will you go? <laughs> and so she was caught looking back. So the point from Genesis 19, we choose. God gives us that right. We choose the road we travel. Wrong choices can lead in the wrong direction. And here's the good news. The road home is the road of right choices. And if you're alive today and you hear God's word, today you have. And today you can make the right choice. Because God is a God of second chances. We've been studying the Old Testament. And so for those who have been here, I would just ask you, is God a God of second chances? How about third chances? How about fourth chances, fifth chances? God is gracious. Peter says that God is not slack concerning His promises. As some men count slackness, but He is long-suffering, not desiring that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance.
But he wants us to make that choice and he wants us to make it wholeheartedly. And the story of Lot's wife is she didn't make that choice wholeheartedly. And it ended up in disaster. And the day you hear the gospel and the day that you obey the gospel is not the day that all choices end. That's really the day that all choices begin based upon what God would have us to do. I want to extend the invitation this time to any and all that are here. If we can help you in any way making your relationship right with the Lord, you let us know while together we stand and while we sing.